You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Game 2 of the Curry Bowl. Also known as the Western Conference Finals between the Golden State Warriors and the Portland Trailblazers. And what a game this one was. High energy, vintage Warriors for many moments, or at least the latter moments of the game. Really just a tremendous basketball game. from, Well, not from really from start to finish, but... If you look at the whole package, it was really what you want out of a conference finals game. High-level basketball. Close, competitive, dramatic, theatric. Whatever words you want to throw out there for it. So the Warriors actually struggled a lot early going in this game. It was a it was a close first quarter. The Blazers were up two after one. The teams were kind of going back and forth. Draymond Green was scoring a lot in the first quarter and blocking so many shots. I believe he had four blocked shots in the first quarter alone. He finished with five in the game. He was just being so aggressive on both ends of the court, and it was quite beautiful to see. Um, The Blazers, after their funny defensive scheme in game one and the ensuing tiff of sorts between coach Terry Stotts and Anthony Slater, the Warriors beat reporter for the athletic. They did change up their defensive scheme in this game. So if you missed that interaction between Stotts and Slater, which was tremendous, basically what happened is The Blazers, obviously, in Game 1, they played a very questionable defensive scheme against Steph Curry, wherein the defender of the screener, which was usually Ennis Cantor, fell back rather than pressuring up on Curry, eventually seeding a 2-on-1 but protecting the rim. And as a result, Curry had so much space to operate in made nine three-pointers in game one, just had way too many open looks. After the game, reporter Anthony Slater asked Blazers coach Terry Stotts if he had any intention of implementing the strategy that the Rockets had used against Steph Curry by kind of trapping Curry sending two men at him in the pick and roll. Stotts got hilariously defensive and said, is that what the Rockets did in game six when Curry had 33 points in the second half alone? Which, of course, it was. So, funny, testy answer, which Stotts then apologized for the next day, though Slater understandably said he had nothing to apologize for. It was a fun moment. Testiness obviously happens. Um, But 
perhaps it struck a nerve with Stotts because it was an accurate criticism or question, not a criticism, but you know, if you read into it as a criticism, it was an accurate criticism, and Portland did switch up their strategy defending the pick and roll in this game. They did play it a much more aggressively. They did hedge a lot more. They had the defender on the screener jumping out and cutting off the lanes for Curry and keeping him from having those wide-open shots that he tormented the Blazers with in Game 1. And Curry in this game did a tremendous job of using that against the Blazers, as he has really been doing every time he gets the chance to run that pick-and-roll, especially with Draymond Green. He's just been attacking it with such a genius mindset where when they sag off him the way they did in Game 1, he makes them pay with a three-pointer. When they target him aggressively, he tends to back up, expand the court for his teammates, find a pass to Draymond Green, and suddenly the Warriors have a four-on-three that results in a high-percentage look almost every single time. When they kind of try to split the middle and don't really commit one way or the other, he tends to aggressively pursue the rim until they make up their mind one way or the other, and he usually either gets a layup or a foul, or if they overcommit at the last minute, then he has an open pass. And we saw that again from him today with him really doing all of that. But with the Blazers starting the game with that aggressive approach relative to game one, we saw Curry in pass mode a lot in the opening quarter, and it's why Draymond Green was getting so many looks going to the basket. He was getting layups. He was getting great passing opportunities. It was working there. But unfortunately for the Warriors, the Blazers' offense was working as well. And that continued into the second quarter. And once Steph Curry hit the bench, the Warriors' offense kind of stopped working. But the Blazers' offense didn't stop working. Portland ended up exploding in the second quarter. They outscored the Warriors 34-21. to Steph Curry, in what many of us joked about on Twitter as a disrespectful move, excuse me, not Steph Curry, Steve Kerr, in a, you know, jokingly disrespectful move, started the second quarter and the fourth quarter with a lineup of Quinn Cook, Sean Livingston, Clay Thompson, Jonas Jerebko, and Jordan Pell. Um, so that obviously was very interesting. Kerr's hand forced a little bit with Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins out. But also just he has been open about how much he's going to play the bench in this series, and he has lived through to that promise. They played 12 of their 13 guys tonight. There was no garbage time in this game, so all 12 of those players were playing in meaningful minutes, Damian Jones included. He only played two minutes, so uh, not a lot of playing time there. But he still got onto the court in very important minutes of this game because there were 48 important minutes in this game. But while there were good things from the individuals in that second unit as a whole, it didn't work particularly well. And that's why the Warriors ended up trailing by 15 points at half. Not where they wanted to be. But those good old third quarter Warriors that we know and love came out to play out of the halftime gates, led by Clay Thompson, who had an explosive third quarter. 
play struggled a bit in this game when he was leading that second unit that I just described, and he was kind of the only scorer. He was the only starter on the court. He was a little bit isolation heavy, was having a hard time getting open, so he ended up having a pretty inefficient game. He shot 8 of 22 from the field, but he was 4 of 8 on threes, 4 of 4 on free throws for 24 points, and in that third quarter, when he and Steph were both in the game, Clay started to heat up, and it brought the Warriors roaring back. They had a 13-0 run at one point, and they tied the game going into the fourth quarter. And in the fourth quarter, as soon as it started, it was kind of a repeat of the second quarter. The Warriors went to their bench unit. They started giving up some points. And even when they brought Steph Curry back in, the Blazers were able to maintain that lead, and they had an eight-minute lead and just a few minutes left in the game. But Curry was magnificent in the fourth quarter, magnificent in the second half as a whole, and the Warriors started chipping away at that lead. They finally got it down in the final two minutes where the teams were going tit for tat, giving the lead back and forth. And then the final minute came, and it was just an exhilarating final minute. Uh, The Warriors were leading by two with just over a minute left when Damian Lillard attempted a very deep three-pointer. He missed it, but the Blazers were able to get the offensive rebound. C.J. McCollum grabbed the rebound, kicked it out to Seth Curry, who had a tremendous game, tremendous game from the younger Curry brother. And he fired up a deep three with just over a minute left. He made it to give the Blazers a one-point lead, but the Warriors came right back down, picked apart Portland's defense. Draymond Green found Kevon Looney for an alley-oop, gave the Warriors a one-point lead. So then Portland came back down. They had a great chance for a two-for-one. They played it well in terms of timing, but the Warriors played stellar defense on C.J. McCollum, who couldn't make the shot. Warriors came back down the court, and we saw just absolute excellence from Steph Curry. He worked some time off the clock, then called for the high screen from Draymond Green. Once it came, Curry backed up a little bit just to see how the defense was going to react. They both followed him, trapping him a little bit. Rather than making the pass then, Curry drove past his defenders, worked his way towards the paint. They overcommitted on the recovery, and at the absolute last second, he passed it to Draymond Green for an uncontested layup. The timing on it could not have been better. So that gave the Warriors a three-point lead with 12 seconds remaining. The Blazers called their final timeout. The Warriors had a foul to give. They gave it at 10 seconds left. The Blazers inbounded again. There were questions of whether the Warriors would foul up two or let Portland shoot a three. And Andre Iguodala did the absolute perfect thing. He guarded Damian Lillard, who got the inbound, and guarded him aggressively. Basically, wasn't going to let him get an open three-pointer. He was going to either foul him before the three or have him shoot a very contested three. He ended up stripping Lillard, as Iguodala does perhaps better than any player in NBA history, got the strip, managed to get the ball out of his hands to a better free-throw shooter in Curry immediately. 
Curry dribbled away from the defense, tossed up the ball from half court as the buzzer expired, and the Warriors escaped. I shouldn't say escaped, but won. Although Steve Kerr seems to think they escaped, he, he said that they were lucky to win, that the Blazers outplayed them. Um, but really, the Blazers outplayed them for one half, the Warriors outplayed them for one half, uh, and the Warriors' one half happened to be incrementally better than the Blazers. So a few final lines. Steph Curry, magnificent, 11 of 22 shooting, 4 of 14 on threes. So aggressive, he got 11 free throws, he made all of them. 37 points, 8 rebounds, and 8 assists. The Warriors outscored the Blazers by 10 points in the 39 minutes Curry played, which means they were outscored by 7 points in the 9 minutes he played. So, you know, single game plus minus, not always the best stat, but it that is pretty accurate, pretty emblematic of how this this game turned out. Draymond Green continues his playoff-long trend of aggression and efficiency offensively. 16 points on 8 of 12 shooting, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 5 blocks. Um, Jordan Bell had some huge minutes in this game. He got 14 minutes. He was highly energetic, highly aggressive, rolling to the rim, crashing the glass. He had 11 points, 4 of 7 shooting, 3 of 4 on free throws, 3 rebounds, 2 of which were offensive, a steal, sorry, 2 steals, a block, an assist. Kevon Looney, who got the bulk of the minutes at center, he played 29 minutes tonight. Andrew Bogut started, but played the first 4 minutes of the game and never played again. And Looney was spectacular. He made all six of his shots, plus two free throws on three attempts, finished with 14 points, seven rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block. It was a team effort, but it was also a vintage Steph Curry putting on an offensive seminar, Draymond Green playing the best defense in the world performance that was reminiscent of The Warriors that we used to see before Kevin Durant, not that it's a knock on Kevin Durant, but obviously there are stylistic differences between the Warriors with and without KD. And this certainly was a throwback game in terms of the style of basketball that we saw. Ultimately, the Warriors won 114-111, proved to be a very critical game because the team did announce that both DeMarcus Cousins and Kevin Durant will be reevaluated in a week, meaning that they will miss at the least games three, four, and five. Very good chance that we don't see either of those players in this series. So the Warriors being able to get this win was no small feat, given that they're now heading to Portland, going there in a tied series without Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins, not the situation they would have wanted to be in, and it's not the situation that they will be in. So they have a 2-0 series lead. Game 3 is on Saturday night, and we'll be back then. Thanks for listening, everyone.